Hey, this is Stephen, and I want to welcome you or welcome you back to the Grove Church Podcast. For more information or to find more resources like this one, be sure to visit us at grove.org. Thanks for listening, and I hope the following message is encouraging and meaningful to your life. How do you know when your life has rhythm? What do you use as an indicator to help you have a sense of confidence that things in your life are as they should be? That the people, the places, the things that you participate in are in the right balance with one another? How do you know when your life has a rhythm? It's easy for us to come into this place this morning to get excited about this season of life because it is often in this season of life that it feels like our life returns to rhythm. Work gets back on track, vacations end, kids run off to school, everything shifts and moves back into the way that it should be. There's football on TV, all is right in the world. Life is finally back in rhythm. See, rhythm isn't something that just exists when well, the seasons don't change here, but when it becomes fall, when it stays 105 degrees and it, we call it fall, it doesn't just happen in these moments, but there is a rhythm to all parts of life. It only takes a little bit of observation to recognize that there's a rhythm to the seasons in certain parts of the world. There's a rhythm to the ocean, the waves coming in and the waves coming out. There's a rhythm to our relationships. We have moments of closeness and moments where we drift apart. Even in our own bodies, there is a rhythm to our heart beating. For some of us, it doesn't quite beat on rhythm, and so we're seeing a doctor about that. But there is a rhythm that exists in all things. See, if we were to define rhythm, we would describe a rhythm as this. It's a strong, regular, repeated pattern of movement or sound. And using this definition, it would be easy to say that literally everything in our life operates on some sort of rhythm. We spend enough time paying attention to it. We recognize that every moment, every day, every week, every month, every season in our lives, even groupings of years as you look back on your life, they've all followed a rhythm. But the question this morning for us is not, does your life have a rhythm? It's what kind of rhythm does your life have? Is it a rhythm that you'd want? Is it a rhythm that leads you to a place of health, of peace, of joy, of meaningful relationships, or does your rhythm take you somewhere else? Just like within our own chess, or like in music, the natural tendency is for us to lose that rhythm for our hearts to beat irregular, or maybe to speed up, for the beat to slow down and drag a little bit, or an overzealous drummer gets a little fast, it's easy for us to lose a rhythm. So what do we do when this happens? How do we identify it in our own lives? Because it does exist in our own lives. We have irregular rhythms in our lives. We have rhythms that slow and lag, and we also have rhythms that move too fast. And instead of just talking about rhythms, I thought it would be far more fun for us this morning if I demonstrated what this sounded like. So this is partially my desire to fulfill the fantasy of being a professional musician. And in a moment, you'll see why I'm a pastor. But this is how 
rhythms work in our lives. There is some natural rhythm that our life follows. And when life is good, we stay on beat. But the tendency in this culture and in most of our lives, you notice I'm only using the foot because if I started to do the hands, it would get all out of whack. I can only do one thing at a time. I was here yesterday practicing and Michael was like, you know, maybe you could just describe it to them instead of showing them. And I was like, you just worry about the music. Let me worry about the sermon. But our lives follow a rhythm. But sometimes in our lives, it feels like it gets faster and faster and faster because we keep adding things. And so if you imagined each part of this drum kit being some category of our lives, as we keep trying to add things, some of our lives feel like this sound. You get the point. All right, I'll stop. You're welcome. It was, it was not, it was definitely not, yeah. All right. You just ensured the next week I'm going to be back on the drum kit is what you just ensured. We live this way, though. Our lives speed up. They get faster and faster. We try to add more into it. And over time, we find that we are living this unsustainable pace. Or some of us, we find that we just can't seem to get on a beat or a rhythm. We can't find something. We, we drift to this and we try this for a while and then we drift to this and we try this for a while and we can't find anything in our lives that sticks. Maybe we hop from job to job, relationship to relationship, and we're just looking, hoping, wanting just a little bit of consistency, a little bit of normalcy so that our lives can work and beat and move in a rhythm. There is something that when they play the drums correctly, it sounds good. It anchors us. It grounds us. The same thing happens with the rhythm in our lives. When we have the proper rhythm in our lives, sort of a Goldilocks rhythm where it's not too slow and it's not too fast, it's just about right, when we can find that type of rhythm, our lives expand. There's meaning. There's peace. We seem not to have the same level of worry and anxiety that we normally carry throughout life. So how do we get that though? How do we ensure that we have the right rhythm in our own lives? How do we live and operate on a day-to-day -day basis that avoids the natural gravitational pull to do more, to speed up? Or maybe our tendency is we just, just lag and the beat drags and you know, our partner or our spouse or our friend or our roommate, they're like, are you gonna ever like look for a job? Are you ever gonna ask anybody out again? Are you gonna try? We struggle with the rhythm. So how do we get back on rhythm? Well, the solution in music is not all that different than the solution in our own lives. For those who struggle to keep the beat, to keep rhythm in music, whether you're too fast or you're too slow or you're slightly irregular, there's this device that maybe you've heard of called a metronome. And what a metronome does is it keeps perfect time. They have digital ones now, but it used to be this hand that would click back and forth kind of like a clock. And so it would keep a consistent beat. And so you could learn how to play your instrument according to the rhythm that you were wanting. 
And so if you wanted a faster rhythm, you just adjust the metronome. If you wanted a slower one, you could adjust it slower. But the metronome is always correct. It's always on beat, and it always maintains a perfect rhythm. And so if you play by the metronome, you guarantee that your playing will be in rhythm. The same thing exists for our lives. And this morning, I want to walk us through a passage of Scripture that helps us identify how to implement this kind of metronome into our own lives, what it looks like, how we find it, and how we live it out. So this morning, we're going to be in a passage from the Gospel of John. There are four Gospels that are just four accounts of the life and the teachings of Jesus. And this one is the last of the four. It's written by a guy named John. And in it, we see Jesus with a group of followers gathered around him, and he's beginning to teach them this particular idea about how their life stays in rhythm. He doesn't use that language specifically, but in it, what Jesus is describing is the way that we can find the metronome for our lives, the way that we can avoid slowing down or speeding up or getting offbeat, the way that we can anchor our lives into a consistent source and a consistent rhythm. And it goes like this. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit. Now, when Jesus was teaching this in the first century and he said that I am the true vine, to us, this just sounds like a weird plant metaphor. Maybe Jesus had a green thumb and he knew how to create those little succulent arrangements and people that you see in people's homes. Jesus was referring to something very specific when he says, I am the true vine. In the first century, everyone understood that there was this analogy that referred to the Jewish faith as the branch from God. And so what Jesus is saying is, I know that you think that this Jewish religion, which was a religion based on ritual, on rules, about a regular observance of this thing called Sabbath. Jesus is saying, listen, I know that you think this is the branch. I'm telling you, I'm the branch. You see, what God did at the very beginning when God started this community of people called the Jewish faith is he gave them these rules to follow that would help them maintain a rhythm in their own lives. God said, every seven days on the seventh day, you're not supposed to do any work. You're supposed to rest. We call it a Sabbath. And this is a moment to help you reset and recalibrate your rhythm. In addition to the Sabbath, there's also a whole bunch of holidays that we call festivals where you will celebrate the things that I have done throughout history. And so built into the fabric and the DNA of that culture and that faith and that religion was this understanding of a natural rhythm that gave us time to reflect, to be reminded of what God had done and is doing in our lives. But Jesus recognized that over time, Just like happens in our own lives, it is easy for people to lose the rhythm. It is easy to recognize that, okay, well, I know the Sabbath is what God said, but, you know, in my industry, God, it doesn't really work that way. If I took a whole day off, I would get so behind on emails and work that I'd never be able to keep up. And all of a sudden, there seems to be this drift, even 2,000 years ago, away from this intended religion. Now, what also happened with this rhythm that God instituted that Jesus is referring to is they thought the rhythm exists solely for the sake of rhythm itself. That the routine was important because routine is important in and of itself. 
And what Jesus goes on to say is, no, 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 that's not why the rhythm ever existed. The rhythm didn't exist for itself, but rather the rhythm exists for you. It's not about a routine, but the rhythm exists for a relationship. And so he goes on and he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit. Those things that don't seem to be demonstrating what they're connected to, those things are removed. This is about a healthy, effective system. Things that aren't keeping up are removed and cut off so that new things can grow and develop. He says, and he trims any branches that produces fruit so that it will produce even more fruit. Being anchored, being connected to the source allows our life to begin to flourish, to expand, to find deeper and deeper meaning. And so those areas in our life, when we have this, when we are connected in the right ways, Jesus is saying God's going to ensure that that continues to expand, that continues to grow, that you see more fruit, more benefit, more evidence of the way that you're connected to the source. And Jesus says, you're already trimmed because of the word I've spoken to you. You know this. I've given it to you. This isn't something that you have to go out and find. It exists in my teaching. It exists in the words that I share with you. There's this way that you can stay connected to me. Stay connected and keep the rhythm in your own life. And so this is the language he uses. You might have heard this before. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Now what that word means is literally to stay, to dwell. If you sat down after service and everybody left and you were the only one in the building still, that would be what it means to remain to stay a part of, to stay connected to, to live in, to dwell. If you're a fan of the movie, The Big Lebowski, there's a translation that says abide. So just like the dude abides, Jesus says, you are to abide. Abide in me, live here in me. If you do that, if you stay connected to me, then I'm gonna stay connected to you. Because a branch, it can't produce fruit by itself. This is obvious. If you took a plant and you broke the branch off and you set it aside, there's no fruit coming from the branch. Jesus is saying your life works the same way. As hard as you try on your own, it doesn't exist. It doesn't work unless you stay connected to me. Likewise, you can't produce fruit. You will not see the benefits of this rhythm in your life unless you stay connected. Unless you understand what the beat is. Unless you follow the pattern of the metronome and play to the rhythm that God gives us, you won't be able to experience the fruit of that relationship in your own life. Because here's the tendency. The tendency is that we try to do it ourselves. The tendency all throughout human history is that we know better than God. That we look at the evidence of our own lives and we say, look what I did, look what I created. All of this is because of my hard work, because of my effort. It's easy to forget that none of this happens without God. He says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. And if you remain in me, then you will produce much fruit. That is the only condition on which fruit comes. You say, Stephen, I've got a pretty successful practice on my own. You know, I've got... I've got a pretty nice house. My life seems to be trending in the right trajectory. I seem to have 
been able to create some fruit on my, on my own. And I think to which God would respond at what cost? What's the status of your inner life? Are you riddled with anxiety, with worry, with fear? How are you sleeping? Is that drive towards success causing you to abuse substances in your own life? Are you succeeding at the cost of relationships? Are you home and present with your children? Do people wanna spend time with you because they recognize that you're able to care for them and to be present for them in and of itself, not just because of what that relationship can do for your overall success? See, we trick ourselves. We just look at one dimension of life. We just look at one category to try to give ourselves a justification of evidence of us producing our own fruit. But Jesus is saying, ultimately, at the end of the day, the only fruit that you're going to see is the fruit that comes from being connected to me. He goes on. Without me, you can't do anything. Because here's what happens. When you doubt whether or not it works, when you, when you doubt the faith thing, when you try to do it on your own, when you have an inflated ego and an overdeveloped sense of your own self-sufficiency, what inevitably happens is your life burns out in some way, in some category, in some shape or form. And this is what Jesus describes in this metaphor. He says, that means you can't do anything. At some point, this thing's gonna crash and burn. If you don't remain in me, you're gonna be like a branch that is thrown out and it dries up. And my guess is some of you have experienced that before, whether it was on a small scale or it was on a large scale. You know what it feels like to try to go it alone in your own life. You know what it feels like to be laying awake at night, overwhelmed with anxiety and stress, wondering how you're gonna solve all of these things because you're trying to do it all on your own. Trying to figure out how you raise perfect children and be the perfect spouse and also succeed in your business and be the best friend to all of your friends. And we try to do all of this on our own. And for a lot of us, it feels like we're drying out. We start to wonder how long we could keep this pace up. We start to wonder if this is actually sustainable. Maybe you've had some success in your life and because of what it costs you, you're, you get a little disappointed with the results and you say, surely there's more than this. I thought once I got all this, then it would bring me the thing that I wanted it to bring me. But you look at your life, you're like, come on, there's gotta be more. This just feels empty. This just doesn't feel that meaningful. To which Jesus would say, I know. Because you're trying to do it disconnected from the source. You're living life in your own rhythm. Eventually, at some point in your life, if you try to do this apart from Christ, it'll dry up. And so Jesus says, when that happens, might as well just gather it up and throw it away and set it on fire. It's hard to come back when you've gone too far. At some point, there will be some casualty, some cost, some loss in your life if you do it long enough without Christ. 
It doesn't mean that all hope is lost and, no, and your situation is irredeemable. But what it means is it will, it will result in a death. My guess is you've, some of you have experienced that. You tried to do dating for too long by yourself. Reading the magazines and getting the advice from your friends. So this is how it works and this is what your priorities and values and morality should be. And you do this a while and a while and a while apart from apart from Christ and you get to the point where you're like, this isn't, this isn't worth it anymore. I don't, this game, I don't want to play this game anymore. Maybe it came at a personal loss to you or to someone you cared about. Maybe the pieces just all fell apart. Jesus says, I'm telling you, this is what happens when you try to do it apart from me. There is a rhythm that your life should operate in. There is a pattern in which we should move. And when you live a part of it, eventually it's going to dry up. And there will be some death that you experience in your life. Maybe you've done this professionally as well. Tried to go it alone. Tried to use industry's values. Their definition of what success looks like. And you push and you churn and you burn and you go. And at some point you flame out. And you crash. I know. This is what happens when you don't stay connected. Jesus says it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to look like this. There is a rhythm your life should operate in. And this rhythm is informed by and determined by your ability to stay connected to me. The way that your life operates in a rhythm that leads to lasting success, to meaning, to joy, to peace is when you're regularly and consistently connected to what God is doing. And then Jesus ends it with this. And he says, you figuring out how to stay connected to me, learning how to live and abide and operate according to my rhythm, this is how others will know who God is. Your ability to operate in a rhythm that's different than the rest of the world, your ability to live in such a way that contradicts what society says, to operate counter to what culture demonstrates. That's how people know who I am. That's how people will come to understand who God is, is the way that your life produces fruit. When you operate on a rhythm that's steady, that's consistent, and that's anchored in something far greater than yourself, Because here's what happens when we live according to the rhythms of the world. At some point, we become desensitized. The faster it goes, the faster it goes. We look all around us and we, we hear everybody else's rhythm and we think, well, my rhythm's not any faster than theirs. So I guess I'm on the right rhythm, even though it doesn't feel sustainable. I like to listen to audio books through the Audible app primarily because one of the ways that I can listen to them is on like two time or two and a half time or three times speed. What ends up happening though is it takes all of the rests, all of the pauses out between the words. And so it's this like constant flow of information, which is why I like it. But here's what happens. The moment that I stop listening to it and I try to have a conversation with a normal person, it has totally distorted my sense of timing. Everybody sounds like they're talking really. 
because I've gotten calibrated to the way that the speed works. And so then when I go back to normal life, it feels, it feels odd, it feels slow. This is the same thing that happens to us when we live by the rhythm of this world. It is at such a pace, it is at such a speed that when we hear these ideas, when we hear about these rhythms that God has given us to operate according to, it feels like a joke. It, it sounds funny, like surely you don't mean to actually take a whole day off and not do anything. Ha, 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 good one, God. That wouldn't actually work in my life. Everybody would think I'm crazy. I wouldn't be able to be successful in my career if I actually stopped answering email for one whole day. My kids would would think I'm, I've lost my mind if I said, no, today we're all at home or we're gonna have dinner together and you're not gonna have your devices out. They'd be like, what is mom on? <laughs> We've lost any sensitivity to how the rhythms of our life should go. And because of that, we're paying the prices. We're paying the price in our relationships with our own sense of anxiety and worry it affects everything. So here's the question this morning. Who or what sets the rhythm in my life? Is it your career? Is it your desire for achievement? Is it acquisition of power or status or wealth? Is your fear of your kids not being successful driving your rhythm? That's why they're involved in everything possible. That you don't have time to have dinner together. That you live as a constant taxi when school comes back into session because everybody has so many things to do in their life. I'm not saying disengage from all of those activities. I'm just saying maybe you need to reconnect to a different rhythm. What about your relationships? Do you have time for the people that matter most to you? Do you have time to call your parents? Do you have time to be there for your friends when they need you? It sounds silly and I know it's simple, but this is how far we've strayed from these basic but crucial rhythms in our own life. Our life is so frantic. that we've lost the most important rhythms. And so Jesus is saying, let me make it simple for you. If you wanna stay on rhythm in a way that's healthy, if you wanna learn the rhythms, as he describes it, of grace, to live in the way that God designed for us to live, you have to turn the metronome on. You have to connect to the things that help you stay to live, to dwell, to abide in Christ. And I got three of them for you so that you can leave here with practical tools for how you actually do this in your life. Three things that I, if you do this, it will not change your life tomorrow. It will not change your life a week from now. It will not change your life a month from now. But slowly, over time, as you recalibrate, as you learn a new rhythm, it will make a difference in your life. 
And here are the three. You have likely heard of all of these. The first is the first 15. This idea is really simple. I didn't come up with it. And it's found in the lives of all of the men and women of faith that are contained in scripture. One of the most consistent things that this Bible does when it identifies people that God used is it identifies that these were people who made time every day to check in with God, to spend time studying the scripture, reading their Bible, and praying to God. And so that's the idea behind the first 15. Jesus regularly, all throughout the gospels, took time to get away, to read scripture, and to pray and talk with God. And so that's the idea behind the first 15. To spend your first 15 minutes, or the first moment that you have 15 minutes to spend, I know the way our lives work, but to dedicate and to set a time to make something set apart, to make it sacred, to spend 15 minutes reading scripture and praying to God. The way that I do it is simple. I have a Bible that's called the one-year Bible. The reason that I use this is because it is dummy proof. All I have to know is what the date is. And all of the Bible is broken up by date into an Old Testament passage, a New Testament passage, a bit of the Proverbs, and a bit of the Psalms. And if you read it every day for a year, you will have read the entire Bible. So today, all I have to do is flip to August 25th, and there's my reading laid out for me. Right now, it looks like we're in Job, in 1 Corinthians. So I read that. And then tomorrow I do the same thing. And then I make time after I've read my scripture to pray. God, here's what's going on in my life. It doesn't have to follow some pattern. You don't have to say big words that you're not really sure what they mean. You just talk plainly. God, here's what's good. Here's where, here's where it's kind of ugly and bad. And here's where I need your help. Whether it's the first thing you do in the morning or it's something you do on your lunch break or it's something you do as a family around the dinner table, or right before you go to bed, if you will set aside 15 minutes, you can set a timer, 15 minutes, this will help you begin to find the right rhythms in your life. Because here's what happens when you spend regular time checking in with God. It helps you recognize when your life is sped up or when your life is slowed down. When you begin to dial back into the rhythm that God is offering us, you'll be able to identify the areas that you need to adjust in your life. Wow, I need to pull it back here, or I need to speed it up in this area. It's the metronome that helps us stay in rhythm, a consistent, steady, regular rhythm in our life. The other thing is Sunday mornings. If you're in town, it matters that you're here. Because this is the moment when we get to come together to worship God and to learn and grow closer together. Christianity is not meant to be a solo sport. It is not like tennis or golf. It's not this thing that you do in isolation and hopefully you do better and better and better. It's something that we're supposed to do together. And Sundays, being here in person is that regular, consistent check-in that helps you remember who God is, and that you're not it. And then the last thing is seasonally, which is why we've given you a fall calendar. 
there are rhythms that you can join and participate in here at the church that will help your life stay on track. And I wanna look at one quick video of some friends who learned that lesson as well. I think for us, we have realized that shifting our priorities has actually shifted so much else in our life. It has created an incredible ripple effect for us. The biggest difference for me, I think, uh, between rogue group relationships and a lot of the other relationships that I have, uh, this group provides not only the intimacy to be comfortable in sharing anything and everything, but I know that I'm going to see them a lot more frequently. It's really simple for us to kind of neglect our spiritual life, to get really wrapped up in the day-to-day -day without being thoughtful or mindful about what God is actually doing in our lives. And so the opportunity to meet every single week, to dive deep into the Bible, and then to pair that with great conversation has been so helpful for me to keep Jesus top of mind. Having our kids come has a few ways that it's benefited our group. It takes one more excuse uh, away from folks, watching those kids run around and, and really start to build and, and have a, a formation of a close-knit group and also a foundation for hopefully increasing their faith. I've met one of my best friends in growth group and I really enjoy going. For us, it's no longer a question of do we have time for this? It's actually that comes first and everything else is scheduled around it. We make time for what's important to us. And if prioritizing our walk and building deep Christian relationships is important to us, we can all find the time to make that happen. So I say this next part with all love. I know the Chenaults, they're not any different than you. They're not special. They don't always get it right. Neither do we. Nobody here gets this right every week. But there is something that when we're connected to a greater rhythm than ourselves, it helps our lives expand, become more meaningful, to find fulfillment, to let go of the anxiety and the stress and all of the chaos that we often experience daily, weekly, seasonally, there is a rhythm that you can participate in that helps you stay connected to your heavenly father. And it will make all of the difference in your life. And the good news for you is right now is the perfect time to find that rhythm. That calendar that you've been given has all of the ways that you can connect here at the church. And if you wanna know more about the first 15, I'll be happy to talk about it with you. You can do this. You can find the rhythm in your life. And I hope you will. Let's pray. Gracious God, we come to you this morning excited for the start of a new season. And as we anticipate all that is to come, God, we ask that you help us make sure that this season begins connected to you on the right rhythm a rhythm that's anchored in learning about you and growing in relationship with you more. God, help us to seek out the tools to do this better. And let us to live in a way that's connected to the rhythm that you provide us. God, we love you. And we're grateful to come together this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Hey, thanks again for listening. If you live in the Dallas area, we would love for you to visit us. For directions, service times, and more info, visit us at grove.org.